I can offer you something no client ever has. What's that? Loyalty. I will cut you in on the success and pledge my life to protect yours. Living with the Tuscans has made you soft. No. It's made me strong. You can only get so far without a tribe. Welcome to the Star Wars Skinny, where I give you the skinny on all things Star Wars right after I get skinny. Went on a walk today, got some comics at my local comic book shop, officially got subscribed to all the Star Wars comics, so now I have to walk there every week, or at least once a month, the guy said, so um, that's a forced forced getting skinny once a month at the, at the least, I think that's a win, uh, it's only like an hour round trip for a walk, but um, yeah, something fun to do, uh, yeah, this episode is going to be a little bit different, I'm not really giving the skinny on anything. Um, I just kind of wanted to talk about, you know, I'm not relating too hard to Andor, and I couldn't really put my finger on why. Uh, the show was great. Cassian Andor's journey in the, in the show was super interesting. He's He goes on this journey starting as a apolitical thief or mercenary that steals from the Empire to a revolutionary that wants to take them down. I could do a whole episode about what Star Wars says about being apolitical, um, but I think what what threw me was Ferrix. Um, this was Cassian's home for many years. He walks down the street and he knows everybody. He, um, I, of course, I can relate to Cassian loving his mother, loving B two, but I personally don't have you know all the the long standing solid relationships that Cassian does. Uh, I can't just go out my door and uh, walk down the street and say hi to to literally everyone I see. Um, <laughs> We see Andor with uh, Bix, Brasso, Pegla, Nurchies, Anwan, all these people from the jump. And the payoff in the last episode of Andor was amazing. And I, uh, I'll i talk about that a little bit with, with Kenny probably uh, next week, maybe later this week. Um, but yeah, it, it probably isn't a surprise to hear that the guy hosting a solo podcast on the internet doesn't have a lot of friends, but I'm not here to... <laughs> sit and complain, like, boo-hoo, please be my friend, but, you know, if you want to, add me on uh, Twitter at Star Wars Skinny, uh, Hive at Star Wars Skinny, but whatever. Uh, I uh, just wanted to, I don't know, record to kind of share my perspective and a realization I had about the Star Wars shows and why I'm a big fan of the Book of Boba Fett, which is kind of an interesting thing to be talking about right after a series finale of Andor. I want to revisit Boba Fett. Um, I'm a weirdo, I guess. Um, so this, this episode is going to be entitled Friendship in the Book of Boba Fett. I want to examine the role of friendship and community in the Boba Fett show and, and kind of contrast that a little bit with how we see things in Andor. But, um, I did that whole intro so that I didn't start the podcast with the next sentence because you, you might've turned it off, but he, here it goes. Uh, Boba Fett is the most relatable character to me right now. Um, and I know that if I said that in 1980 or even... 2020, just a couple years ago, I'd have looked at it like a, or like a real tool. Um, I find the mysterious badass relatable because I'm such a mysterious badass. Like, no, that that's not it. It's honestly, all of these feelings kind of came from the, the Book of Boba Fett, the show that started in 
2021 and uh, most fit in uh, 2022 here earlier this year. Um, so Book of Boba Fett, I've danced around this thesis for a couple of minutes, but uh, you've, you've got this guy who was alone his whole life. Sometimes it was his choice to be alone and sometimes it wasn't alone nonetheless. Uh, and uh, later in life, he decides he, he wants friends. He wants companionship. He wants this uh, family. I forget what what he calls it in the, I think they actually call it like a family or uh, I, I forget the, the terminology in the show, but Star Wars, it's it's been about found family from the jump. You've got Luke, Leia, and Han in the original trilogy. You've got Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Padme in the prequels. Ray, Finn, Poe, Rose in the sequels. And then potentially the best depiction of a found family in uh, Star Wars Rebels uh, with the Ghost Crew. Uh, usually they're becoming a family by circumstance. Hey, the, the world is ending. The galaxy is ending. Come be with me. <laughs> Uh, and they become brothers and sisters in arms uh, because they're fighting together. That's, uh, uh, but the book of Boba Fett is it's a lot more awkward. Uh, you know, Boba starts, he's uh, out of the Sarlacc pit. He gets adopted into this Tuscan family against his will, uh, in, into this tribe against his will. But he kind of learns to operate and eventually succeed within that family unit. Uh, and then, of course, it gets, I guess, spoilers for the book of Boba Fett. That's kind of what I want to talk about, like the whole show altogether. It's been out a while. Uh, but th that family gets torn away from him. Uh, so he gets a taste of what it's like to have a family, and then it's gone. Uh, and then he goes out into the world looking to adopt people into his own family. It's it's not, na I mean, I, I would say it's not natural. Like, it's not the natural way that we see families form in Star Wars. But um, it, it is kind of realistic in that sense. But, um, yeah, so he's he's adopting people into his own family. You've got, you know, Fennec and Kersantan. He brings them along out of, you know, shared experience. Hey, being a bounty hunter sucks. We do these terrible jobs for terrible people, and they don't care about us. You've got the the mod bikers. He recruits them by, by hiring them with money. You know, I'll, I'll pay you to be my friend. I mean, and that's not what he says, of course. It's it's a job. He's kind of putting together this this crime family. But then you've got the Gamorians, these sweet, innocent piggies. They pledge himself because that's just what they do. They They... <laughs> want to be loyal to somebody. Uh, so I think what I'm talking about friendship in the Book of Boba, maybe I'm more talking about like Fennec and Kersantan and uh, Mando, uh, Din Djarin. Uh, but I don't know. In, in a way, Boba's methodology about going about things, um, collecting his family, it's, it's more true to adult life. Like the world can change fast, but I don't expect to be thrown into a life or death situation tomorrow where, you know, the people around me all of a sudden become my family. Like, uh, there are areas of the world where I'm sure that happens a lot, and I'm lucky to be living where I'm living in a relatively <laughs> stable uh, government and community. Like, it, I'm, I'm lucky and I'm privileged where I'm at, but um, sometimes I wish that I lived in Star Wars a little bit. You know, evil empire with a giant Death Star. Hello, person next to me, let's become best friends and go blow that up because we have no other choice. And I've had thoughts like that before, but it's like making friends is a lot harder when it's like on you or on somebody else to like initiate, you know? Um, yeah. Maybe a good example is school as a kid. Like you become friends with kids in your class because you're, you're in the trenches together learning cursive and fractions and all that. But as an adult, you know, if that's what you want, you have to be awkward and upfront and like, like Boba Fett, be like Boba Fett. Um, so this is the kind of mentality that I find 
relatable um, to a less extreme extent. I too lived life solo, of course. I have my family that I grew up with, and again, I'm privileged to have my my whole family still with me, my immediate family still with me. My dad didn't get decapitated by a warrior monk in a Geonosian arena. I have a mother. I wasn't created by cloners. Cloners from my uh, father's DNA only. And I have two siblings who live relatively close to me and are my best friends in the world. Not a million siblings that are spread across the galaxy fighting wars. Um, and, and I had close friends when I was young, you know, two close friends in high school and others came and went that I'd call friends, but, uh, maybe like Boba had a crate's claw with his, his little gang of, of bounty hunters with Aura Singh, Bosk, Embo, uh, and then when he was a kid. Um, but I grew up, went to college, got a job. I wanted to live life solo. I didn't really keep in touch with my old friends and I didn't really try to make new ones and was happy. I was happy with that. I can entertain myself. I've had a successful career thus far. I enjoy my hobbies of, of which podcasting is one of them. I've got other hobbies as, as well, but you know, lately I've started to regret a little bit the, the lifestyle that I've chosen for myself. You know, my, my brother's a state away now. My sister's going to get married soon. I'm getting a little lonely. Um, I'm in my book of Boba Fett era. Um, so, you know, at, at work, I'm trying to be a little bit more social, see if I can, you know, make some work friends on Twitter or Hive or social media, whatever, whatever the, it's still Twitter. Twitter's still on top as of the time of this recording. Um, but I'm looking to make more, more Star Wars friends online. Met a lot of cool people already. I've invited some on the podcast and we've, we've had a great time. So, I mean, please reach out if you'd like to podcast with me. I'm always looking for guests. That'd be super cool. Um, and if you're listening, you know, please let me know. I see the anchor stats. I know I've got a handful of regular listeners. I'd love to get to know you too. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Sorry to therapize a little bit, but really find the book of Boba Fett relatable. So I guess back to that, uh, the book of Boba Fett is, is not the best Star Wars show. I, I have my critiques just like everybody else, but I'm I'm always surprised when I think to myself, like, what's my favorite Star Wars story? And Book of Boba Fett kind of always is up there kicking around, and I, Andor was phenomenal, but I think Boba speaks to my my current experience much, uh, much better. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's that's what makes Star Wars beautiful, right? Like, or just stories in general beautiful. Like at different points in your life, different stories should call to you. Like you shouldn't. <laughs> I, I guess be tied to the same character all your life, maybe, maybe like as your experiences change. And if you have like a character that's so fleshed out, like I'm thinking like, like a Luke Skywalker, we've seen like all of his life, like maybe you can attach yourself and follow that whole journey. Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like at different points in your life, you're going to kind of identify with different characters um, just as you age and as you have different experiences. So I guess right now what I'm thinking is I'm in my post Sarlacc Boba Fett phase. But, you know, maybe years ago I was farm boy Luke Skywalker, a kid with a, a couple close friends and left them behind when when life called, when, I guess, not really adventure, but, you know, when going to college, getting a job, when, when all that called. But maybe years from now, maybe I'm Anakin Skywalker with so many attachments that I, I can't count them all, and it drives me to the dark side. You never know. Um, but, yeah. I, I think now maybe it'd be a good time to focus on some characters. I think the first one that I want to talk about, I and mean, we've talked about Boba to death, but I want to talk about the Mandalorian. 
Um, I initially disliked that Mando kind of took over a couple episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. Like, it felt so separate, and I was really invested in Boba's journey. Then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, here's this Mandalorian episode. And it was a great episode, too. Like, But it did not have Boba Fett in it at all. Um, it felt really separate from Boba's story, and they kind of were. But it really helped me think about it from the perspective of friendship, you know. Din is also alone that whole episode. He's missing Grogu, um, the, the, the Dinterlude. It, it showed Din getting rejected by his Mandalorian family. And the next episode, you know, being denied access to see his son, to see Grogu uh, when uh, he's training with, with Luke and Ahsoka. Um, I think that he decided to help Boba because he's looking for a family as well. You know, Boba's you know, putting together his family, and I think Din is a part of that. If if Grogu doesn't return in the finale, like, Din says, like, he's willing to put down his life for Boba. Like, when they're about to walk out in front of Cad Bane and all the pikes, like, they know that it's life or death, and a character that we thought had a lot to lose. He's a father, basically. We got the Mandalorian here, but he's ready to put his life on the line for Boba, and I think that really speaks to their their friendship, and it also speaks to just the place that Din is in right now like he needs a friend he needs this family he's willing to sacrifice for this family that he's maybe not even a part of yet um and then of course Grogu comes back and ruins it all but <laughs> no I love Grogu um but just think about like how different the Mandalorian story would play out if Grogu did not come in on that X-Wing in the, in the finale of Book of Boba Fett would Mando have stayed there like he's he's there with the, the sword, the, the dark saber, and he's supposed to rule Mandalore one day, but like, I kind of think he's just a dude looking for a family. And I think he would have stuck around with Boba and Fennec and Kersantin, the mod gang. Uh, oh, the piggies, the piggies probably still would have died. Those poor piggies. Oh, miss them. Fudrock and Chubnuck. Uh, so that, that's Din. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to watch the Book of Boba Fett a little bit differently the next time I watch it and kind of see those episodes in a different light. Um, then the next character that I want to talk about is Fennec, um, kind of the co-lead of the Book of Boba Fett, or at least that was how it was uh, marketed. Um, I guess that comment is kind of coming from, I feel like she was underutilized in the story. Maybe I feel that way because the first time around I was expecting something big from her, like, oh, she's stabbing Boba in the back, secretly the villain, or maybe there's this, like, romantic relationship with Boba, and in hindsight, both of those options would have been horrible, or <laughs> maybe they could have worked, but, like, I'm glad they didn't go that way, is, I guess, what I'm saying. I do think it might have been interesting to strain Boba's family dynamic from within. Um, everyone that Boba invited in kind of proved to loyal in the end. Maybe it would have been interesting if somebody... Fennec or Chrysanthemum or one of the mod bikers, like, tried to stab him in the back, tried to sell him out. We got a little bit of that with the um, the other families. Like, he invites everyone over for Thanksgiving dinner, and then they all go and, like, side with the Pikes in the end. But, like, I I think we all saw that coming. Uh, but I think Boba's still got a lot to learn about, you know, running a crime family. But, like, the people that he's really tight with, like, the personal relationships that he has, like, those were solid. And I was expecting one of those to, to crumble, and they didn't, which is a good thing for Boba's family, but I guess it's, yeah. That, that's kind of where I, I I saw those characters going, one of them turning that way. But it, it didn't happen. 
Um, but given what we've got with with Fennec kind of just being loyal by his side, I'd like to examine uh, her character. She's another bounty hunter that's been in the game for at least 25 years since we you know, saw her in the, the Bad Batch. So it makes sense that she shares Boba's sentiment of teaming up and working for themselves. Um, I mean, I, f I found it powerful that she wasn't like an underling of Boba. Like they seem pretty equal. And then, you know, just because she's a woman that they're romantically involved. I'm glad that didn't happen either. Like she's his equal, his friend. You don't see a ton of, you know, male, female friendships in Star Wars or media in general that don't turn romantic um, like Han and Leia, Anakin and Padme in Star Wars. Like, um, you know, Seinfeld is one to come that comes to mind is like breaking the mold. At least for me, I haven't seen everything, but that's a show I really like. And I think it's part of why I like it is just, it's just a bunch of friends. It's, you don't have to worry about like, Oh, who's dating who this week? Like, like friends. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, I'm more of a Seinfeld guy, but you know, Elaine and Jerry, they've got a romantic past, but it, you know, it's hardly talked about. The show finds drama outside of the romantic drama which romantic drama can be well done, but I feel like it's oversaturated and that's not, Something I really, really like uh, hearing about. But uh, yeah, watch Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld. Uh, the, the sequel trilogy, to an extent, excelled at this too. Like you have Ray, Finn, Poe, Rose. They're all friends. You know, maybe there was attraction there at one point. Like, you know, Ray and uh, Finn in The Force Awakens. Or Finn and Rose in The Last Jedi. You could argue Finn and Poe, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, maybe there was attraction there at one point. But that, that's not the focus. They're friends. Friendship comes first. And I think that's something the sequel trilogy did really, really well, is the friendship between all the characters. Um, and I think that's points to The Rise of Skywalker, too. And that's my least favorite of those three films. And I think that time jump between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker did a lot for that movie. I really bought all the relationships between the characters, saying, like, like uh, Finn and Poe, just, like, general, general. Like, they're calling each other general. They're, they seem like the best of friends beginning of the movie you got Finn saying like or Ray saying like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna go in the Millennium Falcon and do stuff and I'm gonna go alone and then Finn says yeah alone with friends and it, and then we get like an adventure with all of the main cast and I, I know Rose got left behind and that could also be a whole nother podcast but um yeah it that's something I really liked about the Rise of Skywalker it's like the whole gang is together it's something that we haven't really didn't really get in the first two sequel movies so I've I really love when friendship is a focus of, of Star Wars. Um, coming coming from somebody with not a lot of friends, I that that is something I like to see in my media. Um, so, yeah, appreciate it. Um, I guess with Fennec and Boba's relationship, there's also this, like, life debt thing. Like, she owes Boba, like, Chewbacca owes Han Solo. I think maybe that's more a Legends thing with the life debt, but... I guess I'd be more likely to be someone's friend if they saved my life. I don't think that undersells the friendship because Han and Chewie might have like the the strongest friendship in Star Wars, but I think that's something to note too is that like their friendship was born out of Boba saving her life. So I Fennec, I, I maintain that she was underutilized in the show. I don't really know what I would have done differently other than like giving her some crazy like betrayal arc, but I'd, I'd have given her maybe more to do in the finale. Like, she got to assassinate some people, but, like, kind of forgot about her until the end of the episode there. If it could have been more intertwined with the rest of the action, like, Boba's on a rancor, 
give her something to do during that maybe. But I'm glad we got Fennec in the role of friend. Um, if that makes sense, uh, I really appreciated that that view, and I hope we see more of their their friendship. And um, I think it was rumored there's a Boba Fett season two. There's got to be those characters are not done, whether there's a season two of Boba Fett or not. We'll see him in Mandalorian season three or Ahsoka or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really love the book of Boba Fett. I encourage you to give it another try. If, if you didn't love it, uh, maybe through this lens or uh, just give it another try. Like it's, it's goofy and I love goofy Star Wars. And I think originally that's, you know, why I was drawn to it. Um, I love Tatooine. I love that kind of stuff, but Yeah. Also, you know, thanks for listening to me self-therapize a little bit. It was kind of cathartic, you know, jotting down my thoughts on this, and I hope you figure out how you relate to, to Star Wars, too. So with that, that was that was about 20 minutes. It was an interesting little topic. I don't know if I'm going to do stuff like this in the future, but that's not the skinny. I can still say stay skinny, but it's not what this was. So, yeah, it was kind of fun. Let me know if you liked it. Um, I enjoyed doing it, so... You can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Skinny, Hive at Star Wars Skinny, Instagram at Star Wars Skinny, TikTok at Star Wars Skinny, uh, Letterboxd? What else do I have? I think that's it. Next week there'll be another one because there's always another social media. There's always a bigger fish. Um, Oculus at Droopy McCool 35. If you want to post some high scores and be my friend, won't you be my friend on Oculus? If you don't have an Oculus still still like make an oculus account and add me as a friend that'd be cool okay thank you you can only get so far without a tribe <laughs>